0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 12 about the command and promise that God gave Abraham and how we can see how Abraham had faith, obedience, and looking, which showed he was mindful of the things above. Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher here on Friendship with God, has been on the radio for about four years now. He's put together 770 Bible teaching messages. We have them available in One Resources. MP3 copies, digital copies, all formatted and ready for you in one resource, 770 of his messages, all great teaching messages on how to have better friendship with God. You can have all of these messages from Tom Cantor in Friendship with God with a donation of $500 or more. We'll send you this resource of 770 messages from Tom Cantor in MP3 format. You can call us now or after the program for this at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Now, your $500 donation will help us to continue airing on this station in your city, as well as get the gospel out to lost Jewish people through Israel Restoration Ministries and providing and supporting free gifts going out to lost Jewish people with the gospel, Jewish-based materials. Now, if you'd like to support us, and we'll send you these 770 messages on MP3 and one resource from Tom Cantor, again, for a donation of $500, call us at 800 247 3051. You can also sign up for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse. You can find it on Facebook. Just search for Tom Cantor or Friendship with God or Israel Restoration Ministries on Facebook. Again, Tom Cantor has his own Facebook page as well as Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries. Search for us on Facebook. You can get the daily devotional verse on Tom Cantor's page and Friendship with God, but you can also get it through your email to your phone by signing up online at friendshipwithgod.org. Just click on the sign-up tab right at the top, and you can sign up for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse that'll come to your phone or your email. Now, here's Tom Cantor teaching us today from Genesis chapter 12 about the command and promise that God gave Abraham and how we could see Abraham had faith, obedience, and looking, which showed that he was mindful of the things
1: above. Now, the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation... And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot with him. Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gotten, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. Now, in our last study, you remember how we began to look at the life of Abraham. Very important person in the Bible, and very important person for us. And so we're going to continue now with asking this vital question that really we need to get at, which was, what kind of a person was Abraham really like? What was he really like? So, to answer this question, we turn to the commentary that we have in, of all the Old Testament heroes of faith. Turn to that, please, in Hebrews chapter eleven, and we look at Hebrews eleven these, from starting at verse four, Hebrews eleven four through verse twelve, and we consider. Abraham in the context of his uh, fellow believers, I guess we could say. Or Abraham as a leader. Or Abraham as a star example. So that's why we start in verse 12. Where it starts off by talking about the first one, which is Abel. By faith, Abel. Offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By which he obtained the witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. And by it, he being dead yet speaketh. Next we consider in verse 5, Enoch, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Next one, verse 7, is Noah. These are all characters we have studied. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not as yet seen, he moved with fear, and he prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of, and here's this new term, this great term, very important term, especially in the life of Abraham, the righteousness which is by faith. And then we come to Abraham in verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. And we come to speak about Sarah. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. And we're given the reason because she judged him faithful that had promised therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky and multitude and the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. So in this passage here, when we look at all these people that we have studied about, Abel and Enoch and Noah and and now Abraham, we have a summary, so to speak, of them. And we look at their focus and what do you see, or what impressed you as we went through this passage here in Hebrews 4 that we just did? What did these four men all have in common? What did you see that they had in common? That's a question. Faith. 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 By faith. They all had a very critical first step in their lives of faith. It was very, very critical. And that's what we really want to get at this morning. To understand Abraham, since he's the father of faith, what is faith? So, Faith, first of all, is a godly stand against an ungodly world. That's what they were. They stood up for God against those who stood against God. And we saw that. They all took their stand in opposition to what for them was a present evil world. We live in a present evil world. They lived in a present evil world. And Abel, for example, he took his stand. It was a very small world, but nevertheless, he took his stand with his blood sacrifice against Cain who came with his non-blood sacrifice, and God wanted a blood sacrifice. So Enoch, he took his stand to walk with God against a world that was walking away from God and was actually developing into a society where people had these imaginations, as God put it, that was only evil continually. Noah took his stand to preach against the world, that was ridiculing him. And Abraham, we're going to see, took his stand against the idolatry in the life that he had in Ur of the Chaldees to go to a place that was given to him by the one and only God. And Sarah, she took her stand against the obvious circumstance, the obvious condition of her body that was saying to her, you can't have a baby. But in verse 8 in Hebrews 11, it starts to get at the answer to the question of what kind of a person was Abraham? What was he really like? And what kind of people were these These ones we've been talking about? Abel and Enoch, Noah and Sarah. Well, we said they walked by faith. There were men and women who walked by faith. So there's two words that we get out of this. We start with the two words that we get out of this, particularly in the life of Abraham. And that is, as we said, one is by faith and the other one is obeyed. So Abraham was a man who had, you would take two words. You would say Abraham was a man characterized by the words faith and obedience, faith and obedience. Now we see back in Genesis twelve that God gave Abraham a command. That's what it is in 12.1. The Lord had said unto Abraham, Abram, get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house. He gave him that was a command. It was a command to leave, but it was also a promise. He says, I'm gonna take you to a land. And that promise was that God would show him this new land. So therefore, what we see in Hebrews 11, sorry, we want to kind of keep going back and forth here, in Hebrews 11.10, is that, therefore, he looked, it says, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So he obeyed the command, and he left, but the command, or the promise, changed him. On the inside, it changed Abraham. How did it change him? Because it changed him into a person who therefore was looking for the city. He was looking, and that's the next word that we describe Abraham with. Faith, obedience, looking. He looked for a city. So Abraham was not a passive person. You don't think of Abraham as sort of sit back and says, okay, now God's going to show me, so I'll just sit here and wait. He started to actively get involved in looking for the city. In other words, that's how we can describe Abraham as a dynamic person. A dynamic person. His faith was caused him to carefully consider the consequences of what God had said. It caused him to figure things, to deduce things, to take the next step. He says, for example, well, God has told me that he's going to show me a new land. So what am I going to do? I'll look for that new land. And did anyone say anything or is anything said, I guess I should say, is anything said in Genesis 12:1 about a city now, there's no word with city, it's a land, right? So, but in Hebrews 11.10, it says that Abraham looked for a city. So if there's nothing mentioned about a city in Genesis 12.1, and Abraham's looking for a city, what happened? Abraham was thinking. He was thinking, well, God's not going to live in a barren place. He's going to be in a place. He must live in a city. So I'm looking for the city where God is. See, that's figuring or deducing, and that's what he was doing. God has given us an understanding in order to do that. He said to Israel, he said to Israel in uh, Psalm 32, 9, he said to Israel, be ye not as the horse (laughs) or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. So God was saying to Israel, I didn't make you a horse and God says to us, he didn't make us a horse, <laughs> and he didn't make us a mule, which doesn't have understanding, but he wants us to use the understanding that we have, to figure. And he says, for example, in Genesis 18, 25, shall not the God of, God of all the earth do right? And then we also find in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, all should come to Repentance. We find in Acts 17.30, God commandeth all men everywhere to repent.
0: We'll return with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. In just a moment, if you'd like to be a part of working with Tom Cantor in Israel Restoration Ministries and reaching out to lost Jewish people, we'd like to ask for your volunteer support or might have an opportunity for you to even work for us full-time if you're in the Southern California area. For more information about Israel Restoration Ministries, go to IsraelRestoration.org, IsraelRestoration.org, or... Call us for more information on how you can reach lost Jewish people and support the gospel going to the Jew first, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Again, you can support us financially with a one-time donation or a reoccurring donation of any amount. And you can also be one of our volunteers or full-time workers. And for more information on how you can go to the lost Jewish people, call us at 800-247-3051.
1: So we think these things through. We use our understanding to figure out that God must have given to all men the ability to make their own decision to repent or not to repent. And whatever the term election and predestination means in the Bible, it certainly cannot mean that God has made the decision in advance for every person whether or not he'll repent or be saved. Because if God made the ultimate decision as to who would repent and be saved and who would not, then that would not be right for God to call or command all men to repent and to put the responsibility on them as to whether or not. Now, that's using understanding. That's using understanding of what God has given. That's what God has given to us in understanding. So Abraham does this, and he looks for a city. So now, we broaden then, as we said, this description of Abraham. He has faith, he has obedience, and he's looking. Now, there's something more that we can see about Abraham from Hebrews 11. 14 16, for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is in heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. So from this passage, we can add one more word to Abraham to fill out this picture of the question of what was he like. And that's the word mindful. Mindful. It's a great word, mindful. That answers the question, what was Abraham's mind full of? Okay. And so we can ask ourselves: what is our mind? What's my mind full of this morning? I don't want to say. But anyway, so I hope it's on this passage anyway. So if each of us, if each of us, would fill out a three-by-five cards of all the things that our mind is thinking about, and Abraham filled out three-by-five cards of everything he was thinking about, and he lays it all out on the table, then one of the cards would be a better country. You see that written there? A better country. Another card would be a heavenly country. Another card would read the city of God. And so if you were to sit down with Abraham and you'd be sitting down and you'd say, Abraham, you know, you'd be talking to him and you'd probably figure out from what he's talking about what his mind's full of. And if you said to him, Abraham, what's on your mind? that what are you thinking about? Then Abraham would say one of those cards. He would be talking about one of those cards. He'd say, you know, I've just been thinking about that where God is is a better country than this place. He'd be saying that. Or he'd say, I've been thinking about what it must be like in that heavenly country. I've been thinking about what they must all be doing there. That's what kind of we'd be thinking about, see? Like Good Friday, meaning Creation Museum. Lydia comes up to me, and she says... I wonder what my dad is doing now in heaven, is what she said right now. Well, I couldn't tell her, but anyway. But Lydia was like Abraham, thinking about that heavenly country. See, that would be one of the Abraham cards. And that's what makes the word mindful so wonderful, because it's a great descriptive term in verse 15, because it's it's talking about what his mind is full of. So Abraham was in that present country, but his mind was on that better country where God is. Abraham lived in that city, in the city of Ur, but his mind was full of the better city where God is. Abraham lived in his house in Ur, but his mind was full of the better home where God is. Abraham did his job, but his mind was full of the better job where God is. So that's how Abraham is described. So why was Abraham in this state of mind? Because he was an example of Psalm 1-2. His delight was in the law of the Lord, and in his law did he meditate day and night. And that's, that's, that's the Lord's command to us. He says to us in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, this is a good verse for today, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. What do you see or what impressed you as we went through this passage here in Hebrews 4 that we just said, what did these four men all have in common? What did you see? that they had in common. Faith. Faith. By faith. They all had a very critical first step in their lives of faith. So Abraham was in that present country, but his mind was on that better country where God is. Abraham lived in the city, in the city of Ur, but his mind was full of the better city where God is. Abraham lived in his house in Ur, but his mind was full of the better home where God is. It's not true you are what you eat. I eat a lot, so I don't know. But anyway, you are what you think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's what the Bible says, is you are what you think. So Abraham was a person who we can now fill this picture out, say so Abraham is faith by faith, this is a man by faith, this is a man of obedience, this is a man of looking, and this is a man who is mindful of things above. But verse 15 and 16 of Hebrews 11 tells us more. It says that truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned, but now they desire a better country that's heavenly. Wherefore, God's not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath called, prepared for them a city. So, there's three words, very, very sobering. If, might, and opportunity. If, might, and opportunity. What is that saying? That's saying about Abraham and the others that if their minds were full of this world, then they might very well have fallen back away from God, fallen back into sin. See, that's very well could have happened. But there's one more word that we can pull from this set passage here that, just, that fills out the picture of Abraham. And that's the word that's found in verse 16, where they desire a better country that is a heavenly See, it's the word desire. See, we put that together. So this is part of Abraham. He has a desire. What's the desire? Well, we already said in Psalm 1, 2, his delight was in the law of the Lord. But as it says in Psalm 84, a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. But the Lord says, delight Thyself also in the Lord in Psalms thirty-seven four and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. He says in Psalm one nineteen twenty-four. David says, Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. So this is Abraham. He is the, he is one who delights in God. So the summary of these people and Abraham also in Hebrews eleven is verse thirteen that they all died in faith not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded or influenced of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. So they all saw the promises afar off, not at hand, but afar off the word that God had given to them, the word of God that we have today, is the window through which we look and we see the promises of God afar off. These were people who listened to God. These were people who not only listened to God, but they let what God said about the promises change them on the inside, persuade them, influence them. And how was it seen? What work? Was it seen that showed that they were influenced? They embraced them. They embraced these promises. They didn't hold them back. But they embraced them, and that means that the promises became a part of them. They became married to those promises, so to speak. And they weren't silent about it. They confessed that they were people who believed the promises of God, looked for the promises of God, and therefore counted themselves as strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now, going back to Genesis 12, we focus now on something very, very important in verse 2, which is the specifics of what God promised to Abraham. This contains the three great promises that God made to Abraham. There are three great promises here. First, and I will make of thee a great nation. Now think of that for a moment, of what stood in the opposition to Abraham, believing God he'd be a great nation. It was what Abraham saw with his eyes. I mean, how could God make of Abraham a great nation when all of his relatives are having children and they don't have any children? Okay, then we see from verse 2 that God promised Abraham the second great promise, which was, I will bless thee. I will bless thee. And again, and Abraham looks at himself. And, and see, if you just look the the verse in the last part of Genesis eleven in verse thirty one, you see what they took out of Haran. What, what what did this company consist of? It says in Genesis eleven thirty one, Terah took Abram his son and Lot the son of Haran his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came into Haran and dwelt there. So this is a description here in this verse 31 of the who and what left uh, this place, Ur of the Chaldees. Uh, Don't confuse it. With uh, later on, when you get to verse five here, and now that's a description of what they left Haran. But this is a description of what they left Ur of the Chaldees, and Abraham had the promise when he was Ur in the Chaldees. And so, what's the description of? Not much. It's not much. It's four people, and it's Terah, Abram, Lot, and Sarai. But there's no description. Of, there's no description of any cattle. There's no description of any camels. There's no description of any. Sheep, there's no description of any goats, so they were certainly poor if they didn't have any goats, that's for sure. Anyway, <laughs> uh, there's no description of any men servants, there's no description of any women servants, just four people. Just four people. They left with nothing to mention in the verse. So again, here, Abraham, he looks at what he has and he says, How can God bless me? I don't have anything. And then God makes the third great promise to Abraham, which is, in verse 2, I will make Thy name great. So God's promising to make Abraham well known and famous.
0: Another tremendous day of Bible study here with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor on friendship with God. And if you enjoy listening to Tom Cantor on the radio or listening to these messages on the go, we need your support to continue putting this program on by MP3 download or on radio on this station that you're listening to. Now, to support us, you can support us with a one-time donation at friendshipwithgod.org. friendshipwithgod.org can also uh, donate with a reoccurring monthly donation of any amount by calling us at 800-247-3051. Maybe it'd be $5, $10, $20, maybe even $40 or $100 or more every month. It'll support this Bible teaching radio program staying on the air on this station in your city as well. As the gospel going out through our Jewish evangelism organization, Israel Restoration Ministries. We've been telling you about the summer blitz that's going on where we're reaching 700,000 doors of lost Jewish people in Jewish cities and communities in 14 cities in the U.S. and one in Canada. And with 111 missionaries that are going out and reaching Jewish people door to door, also street to street and person to person as they encounter Jewish people, these missionaries are working hard to bring lost Jewish people to the Lord Jesus Christ. They're about a couple of weeks into this program that's going all the way to August 3rd. There have already been at least three decisions of lost Jewish people. Jewish people coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, other Jewish people that are being discipled and worked with uh, towards baptism and even discipleship uh, after their decision, as well as uh, many people that are Jewish that are coming to church, that are hearing and inquiring about who the Lord Jesus Christ is and could he be the Jewish Messiah. Support Jewish evangelism and Israel Restoration Ministries in Friendship with God. Go to friendshipwithgod.org to donate online or call us 800-247-3051, 800 247 hundred two four seven thirty fifty one.